This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Woo-hoo, I'm excited too. Maybe seated. Once again, thank you so very much for having us. It's such a pleasure and an honor, but uh, man, I, I am elated to share with you what God has placed on my heart. Go ahead and turn to Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah. Woo! I want to give this book away to someone. All right. She was like, she was like, oh, it's me, me, me. <laughs> well, there you go. I already signed it for you. And so uh, you get a chance to uh, read it and, and be blessed by it. So Jeremiah 20. Uh, we're not going to go to 29 just yet, but we will definitely get there. Uh, how many of you know that God has a purpose and a plan for your life? I, I, as I was studying and as I was kind of really preparing for today, um, just some months ago, uh, whenever, uh, Pastor Dave, we were talking and we were just kind of sharing with each other and I said, you know, what, what, what is it that you all have been speaking? What is it that you all have been sharing? And so, of course, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, right? And uh, before he even said it out of his mouth, as I was speaking, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but as you're having a conversation, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And it's like almost simultaneously, because uh, in my head, I was like, OK, what am I going to preach? And God gave me Jeremiah 29, 11, as he was saying, Jeremiah 29, 11. I was like, OK, here we go now. So uh, I'm excited that God is going to do some great things in here. So but this is what I got a word for you today. Uh, God is transforming you. Not just for the sake of you, but for the sake of the city. There is a natural flow that you are stepping into in which people will come from near and far to witness the miracle that God has begun in this place. I see that God is raising up new leadership. He's raising up new leaders within this body, leaders who will hear and heed the voice of the spirit who will go into places of darkness and snatch those out of fire, per se, and bring them into God's marvelous light. There is a promise, Pastor Pastor Bernie, that God gave to you. This is what God gave me. A promise that has yet to be fulfilled that you have not yet seen. And you have been waiting patiently, sometimes impatiently. (laughs) But this is the year that you will see it fulfilled in your very eyes. I don't know what it is, but I know that this is the year. That's what God gave me, that you will see it fulfilled in your very eyes, in the eyes of those who doubted you as well. Hmm. This is God's church. It is God's dwelling place. You are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You belong to him. Hallelujah. Does anybody receive that word? Thank you, Lord. He just wanted me to share that with you before we got into everything. But there in Jeremiah, if you're there in Jeremiah, this is an interesting book. I love Jeremiah. I love all of the all of the books in the Bible because they all have an amazing uh, background. They all have have an amazing flair. They all have an amazing flavor about them. Uh, But Jeremiah specifically is known as one of the prophets uh, of the Bible, one in whom God spoke to people uh, through his lamentations. Of course, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. Uh, whenever uh, Jesus came in, they thought that he was Jeremiah because he, the way that he wept over Jerusalem, uh, G- God began to speak to Jeremiah, even at a young age, about how he wanted to change and transform and transition his people. And so we find Jeremiah speaking primarily to the Jews 
who were captured and exiled to Babylon underneath Nebuchadnezzar's rule. Uh, the same king in whom we see Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? We see them actually going into captivity. He's speaking to these people, and the children of Israel have been there. And Jeremiah sends this letter to the exiles, and pretty much he's just pretty much saying, hey, guess what? I know that there's been some prophesying that's been going on, uh, but that prophesying is not true. Okay, I don't know if you've ever had a prophecy that has not come true. Uh, Many times we don't call that prophesying. We call that prophet lying. Okay, and so there's a lot of prophet lying that was happening in the camp. But God raises up Jeremiah to give accuracy, to give truth and to give direction to the people of God. See, this is what I believe that when God wants to speak to a people, he raises up a person. When God wants to speak to a people, he will raise up a person. Well, what does that have to do with me? See, when God wants to do something amazing in your family, he will raise you up. When he wants to do something great in your neighborhood, guess what? He will give you the burden. See, many times we come to God and we think that, oh, man, God is going to handle it all for me. And we, we get all of these different, you know, complaints like, man, somebody should also do something about those kids. Somebody should do something about that. But this is what I learned, that when you point one finger out there, there's three pointing right at you. Maybe you should be doing something about it. Maybe God gave you the burden for it. Maybe he gave you the interest for it. And that's how God uses uses people, that when he wants to speak and change a nation, when he wants to sin or when he wants to change and transform, transform a city, he will send a person. And so God raises up Jeremiah in this time, and he begins to speak to the people about God's purpose, about his plan, and about his place. I want to talk to you from the subject, purpose, plan, place. Somebody say purpose, plan, place. See, it's typical of how God takes a person from from ordinary to extraordinary. See, God is a God of order, all right? I love that about God. We don't have no mamby-pamby God. Can I get just get Texas with y'all real quick? I'm originally from Houston, Texas, all right? So I'm not a California and all those different things. I am from Texas, all right? And so God is not a mamby-pamby God. He's not no little punk God. All right. He's not a God that's just kind of fly by night. Oh, man, forget about those little memes that you've seen. Like Jesus lives, you bro. You know that those Jesus bro, like Jesus bro. No, that's not the that's not the picture of our God. Our God is a very orderly God. The Bible says that whenever we come into the, the, to the kingdom of God, he wants us to do things in decently, decency and in order. Why? Because God is a God of order. You know how I know that God is a God of order? Because he set the, the sun in its place. He set the moon in its place. He set Jupiter and Mars and Saturn and he set, er, set, set Earth in its place. And he said, you all guys, you all coexist and none of y'all are going to crash into each other. It's a God of order. If you look at our bodies, the reason why doctors can go in and basically do heart surgery is because he set our bodies in order. That's the reason why he didn't go, the doctor didn't go into your foot looking for your heart. Why? Because God is a God of order. There's a systematic way that he does every single solitary thing. And even though by you, by many times with us, it seems like a surprise to us, like, oh, man, just out of the blue. Like, man, it's like, oh, I got $1,500 out of the blue. Or, oh, man, I got healed out of the blue. No, no, no. That is God's order for your life. God is a God of order. And many times when he wants to take your life from where it is to where he's called you to be, he will take you through a process. A process 
a process of understanding these three things. Your purpose, his plan, and his place for you. Are you there in Jeremiah? Jeremiah chapter 1. I'll I'll read there in verse 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in in the land of Benjamin, (laughs) to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah. Everybody say Josiah. The son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you, and I have ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. I want to read that part, verse 5, once again. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you, and I have ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. See, I want to talk from this place of purpose. Somebody say purpose. See, many times when we come into the world, we believe sometimes that we are uh, accidents. And I'm telling you tonight that you are not tonight, this morning, that you are not an accident. Somebody say, I am not an accident. Can you put up that second slide there? I was supposed to show you my beautiful family first. Let me go back. I'm messing all the way up. So there's my beautiful family right there. That's Nova. That's Joy. That's Josiah. That's Joseph. That's our beautiful family. They keep us on our toes. But what I want to show you here is this next this next slide right here. That right there is a picture of my mom and my dad. Right. So what you can't really see is my dad's little fro that he had going on. He thought he was a little Bobby Brown. You know what I'm saying? He was like, had a little fro. My mom right there. That is actually on their prom night. So that's their prom night picture. Now, what you don't see in that in that. Uh, is um, a little bit of Marvin Gaye that was going to happen a little bit later on that night. And uh, your boy was ready for the world, right? <laughs> so that was the night that I was conceived. It's the night that I was conceived. And although, let me tell you this, my mom and my dad, although they had a great relationship coming up in high school, they did not stay together. And my father did not stay in my life. He, I didn't grow up with my biological father. He was kind of in and out of my life. And Over the years, as I was growing up, because I didn't grow up with him, I felt that I was unwanted. I felt that maybe I was an accident. Maybe I was just a date. Maybe I was just a fling. But it wasn't until I read this verse that God says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So it lets me know something, Pastor. It lets me know that life does not begin at conception. We have a big battle going on in our in our United States right now. Where does life begin? Life does not begin at conception. It begins in the mind of God. He said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So why is that so important? Because you and I are not the product of prom passion. We are the product of purpose. God fashioned you and he knew that you would be here. He knew what type of skin you would be born in. He knew what family you would be born into. He knew what kind of nose you would have. He knew what kind of corks that you would have. He knew which generation that you would be born in. There's nothing that takes God by surprise because why? He is a God of order and within there's order, there is purpose. Thank God. 
purpose is the original intent of a thing. See, you were not born just to live and die. You were not born just to suck up air, pay some bills, have a nice funeral, which few people show up to, and he was a good man, and then they eat chicken afterwards. Isn't that crazy? No, have you, I mean, has anybody ever been to a funeral in here? I mean, like, for real, like, you know, we, we all celebrate, like, oh my God, and we cry, and we crack it up, like, oh my God, I'm gonna miss it. And then, like, 30 minutes later, like, your body's not even in the ground all the way, somebody's eating chicken and salad. It's crazy. But see, if our lives were just that, that would be a meager existence. But God designed you with purpose. He designed you with intention. There's something specifically that you were called to do. There is a, I love the way that it was put like this. There was a need in the earth that made your existence necessary. There's a need in the earth. You are the puzzle piece that God is looking for, his grand master puzzle that he has within the world. You have a place, and forget about what your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your, your old boyfriend, your old girlfriend told you. You have a specific purpose for God, and he wants to articulate that in you today. You know, I was listening to Pastor Dave uh, over the past. Pastor Dave is an amazing preacher, right? My goodness. He had me in my office like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was tearing it down. And then dad came behind and just came and just with his just swag, right? I just love Pastor Bernie's swag. It just, you know, up here just like, you know, we got, it's already in the bank. It's okay. You know, it's a lot of money if, you know, if you don't have it, but it's good when it's already in the bank. I mean, it's like, come on, Pastor. Right? He came and just, you know, brought, but you've been talking about the great awakening. I believe that there's two great awakenings in your life, the day that you are born and the day that you find out why. You are some world shakers in here. Forget about the five-mile radius that you grew up in. God has more for you than that five-mile radius. Forget about the existence and the experiences that you've had with your mom and your dad. Well, you know, our family only does this. Well, no, 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 wait a minute. After I came into Christ, I found out that all things are possible to them that believe. So there's no, if there's no impossibility in my life when I'm hooked up with him. So if I want to move down the mountain, if I want to, if I want to build hotels out here, if I want to start businesses out here, if I want to do some great things, guess what? There's no impossibility with God. Why? Because you have a purpose. The day you find out that purpose is the day that everything about your life changes. I remember being uh, young and just really just kind of growing up and trying to figure out my life and trying to figure out, okay, where is God taking me? Where do I want to go? Where, where is it that I can, I, what, what is it that I can do? And I remember uh, putting all these plans together. Now write this down in your notes. Uh, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Everybody say flow. That's how I feel what God is doing. He said flow. Uh, Proverbs 19, uh, 21, I begin to put together my plans uh, for my life. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to marry my high school sweetheart. We are going to go into ministry. I'm going to have businesses on the side. I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to have a record label concert. I'm going to have a record label. I'm going to be a, a basketball player. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm going to be all this at the same time. I had my plans laid out or kind of like whenever you, uh, was trying to find your, your spouse or your significant other. How many of you wrote down your little list, right? It's like, oh, she's going to have this. Oh man, she's going to be nice. She's going to be this. Or he's going to have this. He's going to have a six pack. 
And not just for dinner. He's going to really have one. Like he's going to have this. He's going to have that. You write down your plans. Oh, or my life is going to be right here at this particular time. Or by 30, I'm going to have at least three kids. Or by 30, at least I'm going to be married. <clears throat> Right. Or, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have my career and I'm going to have this much of the bank, all those different things. And I look upon this particular scripture, Proverbs 19, verse 21. It says, many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. My goodness, that thing transformed and wrecked my life. It wrecked my life because I had all of these plans. I wanted to do this, that and the other by this particular time in my life. But God says, Forget about your plans. Focus on my purpose. And before that time, I was spending my life chasing people because I had insecurities in my life because my dad wasn't there. So I felt like I wasn't anything. I felt like I wasn't worth anything. So I was trying to find validation in relationship after relationship after relationship. I, I thought that, you know, and I started chasing platforms. Okay, if I could just get to that level in life, if I could just get to this particular place in life, I could be able to stand up right and people are going to start valuing valuing me. I was chasing a platform. I was chasing positions. Maybe I could get into this position in this particular company and then people will respect me. But God says, forget about the platforms, the people, and the positions. Start chasing my purpose and the platforms and the people and all of those things will follow the purpose that I placed in you. So when you operate according to purpose, you are operating according to God's original design for your life. See, the chair that you that you are sitting in right now, the chair, it was designed by its creator to hold the weight of a person in a seated position. Now, we can all use this chair. Can I use this chair real quick? Can I, can I do this? There it is. Now, don't, you know, don't sue me. I'm going to use this chair in different ways. So this was designed to seat the weight of a person in, excuse me, hold the weight of a person in a seated position. Now, how many of you at home, when you don't feel like going in the ladder, what do you do? Forgive me, Pastor, I love you, but you stand in this chair to go get that light bulb, right? How many of us have ever watched WWE? Right? This chair has many different uses, and it's been used in so many different things. But that's not what it was created and designed to do. Why is this important? Because maybe you have been used in the way that you weren't created and designed to. Maybe people have stood on you. Maybe people have used you. Maybe people have, maybe people have slandered you. Maybe people have used you in different things. Maybe the devil has used you the way that you weren't created. But I'm telling you that God is coming with this great awakening to let you know that you were created and designed with a specific purpose. Specific purpose and specific destiny. Specific about God wants you to know that you are not an accident. You are created and designed with purpose. And so he tells Jeremiah this. He says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. He he needed to get it in his mind that, listen, nobody else, no man was responsible for your creation. Although your mom and your dad participated... They were not the originators of your creation. We got to get that into our minds because many times circumstances will stop and, 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 and muzzle out the purpose of God in our lives. 
And so he said, I need you to understand before I formed you that I am the creator, that I am the one that designed you and fashioned you. I knew you. Somebody say knew you. See, this is so important because it, it lets me know that God is not just this guy upstairs or up in heaven with a whole bunch of body parts. And it's kind of like, all right, let's see. Oh, man. Oh, wow. African-American male. OK, wasn't thinking about that. All right, let's see another one. <laughs> No, he said, I knew you. Knowing deals with intimacy. Somebody say intimacy. See, anytime you see the word know in the Bible, it comes from uh, the Hebrew word yada. And yada is meaning all knowing. It's a word that we use for God. A yada, that he's all knowing, that he knows everything, the intricacies, a part of your life. The, I love the way that David put it. He said, uh, while I was in my mother's womb, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. Have you ever seen somebody knit something? It takes some time. It takes some intention. It takes some focus. But it also takes a picture. See, because only in the mind of the knitter... Does he or she know what they're knitting? Why am I telling you this? It's because maybe you've been going through a process of understanding. Can I just tell you that God is knitting you together? He's knitting every occurrence together. He's knitting every situation together. Why? Because it's going to serve your ultimate purpose. And so he said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I had a plan for you. And before you were born, I ordained you. Excuse me, I sanctified you. Sanctification is this. It is setting apart for a specific use. Somebody say, I have a specific use. You have a specific use. God has set you apart. See, you may say, you know what, why did I go through all of this? Why did I, why did I, why did I have the, the divorce? Why did I have uh, uh, the, the miscarriage? Why did I have this? And why am I here? How do I get to the high desert? How did I get to this place of sitting under the word? How did I get to this place where I lost my job? And I, can I tell you, it's all because of the sanctification. See, many times whenever we go through things in our lives, when we go through problems, when we go through struggles, we feel as if God is punishing us. But many times it's for our sanctification. Why do I know this? Because sometimes the hardest times in your life will drive you to your knees. It'll drive you to ask the question, why? It'll drive you to ask the question, Father, it begins to put this seeking and this desire on the inside of you. of God, what are you doing? Where are you taking me? And so God is sanctified for his specific use. He keeps you ready for a specific purpose. That's why you didn't die in the accident. That's why you haven't, that's why you haven't hit the grave yet. Why? Because he has a specific purpose. And this is what I have to get you to understand. Until you fulfill that purpose in your life, your life, many times, is just an experiment. You're experimenting with so many different things until you find your specific use. He's giving you a specific use in order for you to function in this life the way that he created and designed for you to function. And the next thing that he does, he said, listen, and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nation. Somebody say ordained. See, the, the word ordained is an amazing word. It means to empower you with the authority and the power necessary to function. See, when I found out that it was my design to help people find out their purpose, to release their potential, to reach their destiny, 
I began to operate in a way that totally shocked everyone around me. They're like, who does this guy think he is? Who does this guy think of you? Oh, you think that you can, you know, you think that you can help people now? You think that you can preach it? Wasn't this this little Tory guy, you know, that just was, you know, always singing and always dancing? Wasn't this just this little guy? No, when I found out my specific purpose, when I found out what he was ordaining me to do, when I found out that I was empowered, when I found out that I had authority, my swag changed a little bit. Started walking a little bit different. Like this. <laughs> All right. So you got to get you a swag walk. You got to get you a walk that lines up with who God has called you to be. All right. And so stop allowing things in your life to define you when God says, I am the only one that can define you. So Jeremiah is having this 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 conversation with God. Right. He's having this amazing conversation. God has given him purpose. He's finding he's finding out what his specific use is. He's finding out that he's called to be a, a prophet. And then let's just see what Jeremiah's response was. Was Jeremiah's response? Oh, yes. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Let's do it, God. No, he said. Then he said, alas, Lord, behold, I do not know how to speak. Now, isn't this crazy? I'm looking at Jeremiah. I'm looking. I'm like, Jeremy, come on now, Jeremy. (laughs) You're having a conversation with God Almighty and you're saying that you can't speak. You're you're saying that you can't speak. And look, look, look what he says. He said, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. What is that? Of course, it's young people, but beyond it being a title, it is a circumstance. It's a temporary circumstance. See, why is this important this morning? It is important because whenever God speaks purpose into your life, immediately the very first thing that you will come up with is your circumstance. I'm too old. I'm too this. I didn't go through high, I didn't finish high school. I didn't finish college. Well, you know, I've been married five times or I've been doing this or I am a youth or I just got saved or I got saved 15 years ago and I haven't been filled with the spirit yet. Or all of these different circumstances that are temporal. But many times whenever God comes to us with purpose, we immediately many times respond in fear. In fear. Why is that important? Because what God wants to do through this church What he wants to do in Barstow, this great awakening that's happening right now, he wants to do some amazing things and he's going to reveal to you your purpose and you cannot be afraid to walk in your purpose when God gives you the opportunity to. You can't, you can't allow fear to stop. You can't allow your rap sheet to stop you. You can't allow the things that you've been through to stop you or the things that you are going through to stop you. Too many times we live below our privilege because we look at our circumstance rather than the Savior who says, I make all things new. (laughs) Behold, when you come into my word, when you come into my kingdom, you are new. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things come new. All things become new. Every single thing about your life becomes new when you come into the presence of God and when you come into the understanding of your purpose. So when God reveals our purpose, many times we respond to him, not in faith, but in fear. And then also many times with frustration. Let's look at Gideon. Angel appears to him. Now, now Gideon is hiding. He is hiding from the Midianites. 
He's hiding. He's on the threshing floor and all those different things. And he's hiding. And then all of a sudden, a big old angel. Now, forget about what you saw on Valentine's Day cards. Angels are not these little cute little things, little naked babies. You know, <laughs> you know, they are actually mighty warring angels. I, I've never seen an angel. I really want to see one. But sometimes I it's like, have you ever had that prayer? This is just me. We used to be in at Oral Roberts University. Right. And so we were so zealous for the Lord. We're so excited about God, and we've just got this renewal, and we're like, God, we want to see your presence. We want to see your face, Lord God. Show us show us just an angel. I remember this one time we prayed, Lord, let us see an angel. All of a sudden, like a crazy, ridiculous, like fear filled the room because we felt that there was a presence in the room. Now, it wasn't a dark, it wasn't a darkness or whatever the case, but it was like a, a holy fear that came into the room, and I was like, oh, okay, Lord, we changed our mind, we changed our mind, we don't, we don't want to see the we not, I don't want to see it. No, I'll wait till I get heaven when I have a glorified body, when I can really, cause every time I see an angel come up in, in the Bible, some people fall dead on the floor. They fall as if they're dead. I'm like, okay, I don't want to do that. But, 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 but angels are high. They are, they are big. They are, they are glorious. They are powerful. See, the, the, the thing about this is that Gideon had this appearance of this great big angel and this angel is saying, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, Me? <laughs> Who are you talking to? You can, clearly, you're not talking to me. Clearly, you're not talking to me. But it's the same thing many times whenever God calls you the business person. God calls you the woman of God. God calls you the man of God. When God calls you sober. When God calls you fill the purpose. When God calls you the, the, the pastor, the leader, the minister. When God calls you free. Many times we allow frustration because this is what Gideon did. Gideon said, do you, well, who are you talking to? Do you understand that my family is the least of everybody? Do you realize that we're going through right now? We don't have any money. And at that particular time, the angel could have been like, okay, well, let me give you some money so you can feel better. But he didn't. He began to continue to focus in on his purpose. Why is this important? Because whenever frustration and fear hits your life, you got to focus in on the purpose that God has given you. That I'm not an accident, that I'm here by design, that God created me in Christ Jesus, that he has a plan and a purpose for my life. So God takes us through this process of understanding purpose, because until you understand your purpose, your life is a mere experiment. You're going from this job to that job, to this relationship, to that relationship, to this church, to that church, to this thing, to that thing. Always, it's kind of like what we always say, a jack of all trades, but what? A master of none. Going through life trying to find your thing. But this is what I found. If you would just find yourself in the presence of God. Say, Lord, what is it that you designed for me to do? Who is it that you designed for me to be? God, give me clarity and articulation of that which you called me to do. Show me your purpose. So God has a purpose. The next thing that God has, he has a plan. Turn over to Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah 29, that's right. <clears throat> Jeremiah 29. He's given this message to the exiles that we talked about. Verse 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. See, here we go back to this note. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. See, the plans indicate a strategic and a systematic thought pattern. It, 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 it indicates that you're either, either traveling to or building something. Like right now, you all are getting in a new roof, right? 
get a brand new roof. And it's amazing. And I really believe that that is prophetic. I believe it's prophetic because the old things that used to cover your life, the old things that are tattered and worn that used to cover your life, that you used to be identified with, newness is coming into your life. There's a new glory. There's a new wisdom. There's a new favor. There's a new opportunity. There's a new image. There's a new purpose that God is covering your life with. And so he said, listen, I have a plan. And so whenever we have these plans, okay, we're going to get together and we're going to actually get a new roof. Listen, you have to have a strategic counsel about that particular plan. God is saying that, listen, listen, I'm not necessarily just throwing you into situations. No, I have a plan of where I'm taking you. And if you would just follow my plan for your life, guess what? Your life will end up where I designed for it to go. The Bible says, acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways. Acknowledge him and he will what? Direct our path. It talks about the plan of the, of the, the plan of God. God has a plan for your life. God has symbolically done something for you in this church. He's challenging the status quo on your life to bring about something new. Because he wants his vision and his plan for your life to be fully immersive, fully accepted so that you can do what God has called you to do. Let me tell you something. Barstow will never, ever be the same as a result of the plan that God produces through you. But what we have to do, we have to respond in faith. We have to respond in knowing that, God, you will take me where you call me to go. That even though my situation and my circumstances right now don't look like you're doing anything in my life, guess what? You're taking me somewhere. God is taking you somewhere. And it's further than where your family has been. It's further than where your mom and your dad has been. It's further than where society said that you can go. God's plan for your life, it is perfect for you, but we have to follow his plan. Can I just testify for a few seconds? Uh, About... Um, hmm, seven years ago, eight, nine, no, 10 years ago, 2000, when was 2010? No, when was 2009? Eight years ago. Sorry. I could preach, but I can't do math. All right. <laughs> so about nine years ago, I am just, well, take it back, 10 years ago, I am a new, um, I'm a, I'm a new graduate of Oral Roberts University. I feel like the world is mine. It's great. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be amazing. I feel like I'm going to stay in Tulsa, Oklahoma all of my life. Those of you who've been to Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know that Tulsa has a way of holding people. It's like you got a brace, like, loose me and let me go. <laughs> and so I had a great job, and it was according to my plan, and I felt like, you know, I was getting paid the most money in my life. I had benefits. I had a matching plan. It was great. And God says, I want you to go back to Houston. I say, why? God, do you realize that I'm kind of like a big deal up here? I have like, I have like my own ministry. I have my own, I've got my own car, got my little own apartment, all this different stuff. And God says, I want you to go back to Houston. And I'm like, oh God. So I go back to Houston. I get a job at the church that I grew up at, uh, in Houston, Texas. Amazing, wonderful church. Uh, over 32,000 members, six locations. Everything is bigger in Texas, right? It's true. 
six locations. It was crazy. I was the youth ministry coordinator and everything was going, going according to my plan. Everything was great. I was work, working in, in alignment with uh, my man of God, pretty much my mentor who taught me faith, taught me everything. And I felt like my life was going in a trajectory that I wanted to. We had just bought our very first home. Now, you guys can really, you know, attest to it up here. Uh, but out in Houston, we bought a house, 3,919 square feet, you know, four bedrooms, four bathrooms, three car garage. It was amazing. It was my dream home. It was my, my house was bigger than my mom's house at that time. It was great. I feel like I had made it. My plans were working. It was awesome. And then I'm in my office about 2009 and God says, all right, you got a year left on staff. And I'm like, am I going to die? Like, like. I mean, are you telling me like to prepare for my God? Like I haven't, I haven't done everything. And basically what I, what I begin to do is begin to seek the Lord and say, Lord, what are you saying? What do you want? See, whenever God begins to collide our lives with purpose, our very first response should be, Lord, where are you taking me? Forget about your plan for your life. God, what is your purpose? What do you want me to do? And so I begin to, I begin to seek him and I begin to say, God, show me, tell me, give me the wisdom, give me the knowledge. And guess what? God did not answer. How many of you have ever had that type of prayer life? That you're praying for something and God, come on down. I mean, you prayed, you fasted, you repented, you re-read it, rededicated your life. I mean, you've been in the floor, all those different things. And God says nothing. He says nothing, and so he's not he's not saying anything because this is what I found out, that God will give you information on a need-to-know basis. Your job is just to continue to pursue his plan, continue to pursue his purpose and pursue his presence. And so I began to do that, and it was eight months later that God began to say, I'm commanding you to go to California. Why, California, Lord? Do you realize that the ground shakes out there? You understand that, God? I mean, seriously. I mean, tornadoes, hurricanes, we can flee from, all those we can go underground. But, uh, you know, sinkholes that we just talked about, we just heard about. I'm like, what is a sinkhole? A sinkhole in a mudslide? Oh, no, we ain't doing none of that. But he said, I want you to go to California. He said, the sever is going to be painful. Three things are going to happen. You'll be deemed an outcast, you'll be shunned by the closest, but you'll be rewarded in a major way in the eyes of all that lied. That was July 27th, 2010, at 1 o'clock. I have it, I have it chronicled in my Bible, that's how I remember it. But why do I tell you that? It's because whenever you're following the plan of God for your life, it will not be easy. God says that all those who live godly in Christ will suffer what? persecution. And so I began to say, okay, Lord, not my will, let your will be done. And so I began to say, okay, what do we need to do? We had to sell the house. We sold the house, all those different, okay, God, where am I going to live at? I have no connections out there. Would you know that God orchestrated? Remember we talked about God as a God of order. It may seem out of order to us. It may seem out of the blue for us, but it's actually strategically placed there by him. Listen, we are about maybe 10 months after that, about no eight about eight eight or ten months after I got that word basically, and we're at a huge conference. I'm talking about over four thousand people. I'm saying, Lord, how am I going to get to California? I've been looking for jobs. No jobs are opening up because the county of San Bernardino was going bankrupt. Right? I mean, people were leaving California to come to Texas. Here I am saying, I'm going to California. Everybody around me saying, you are a fool. You are crazy. Do you realize what you're doing? I said, I'm just following God's plan. But this is one of the things that God began to share with me. He said, let the confirmations that I give you be the affirmations on where I'm telling you to go. 
So in God's plan, God will give you a confirmation on where he's calling you to go. Let that be an affirmation. And this is what I'm telling you to do. That Yes, God, I'm okay. I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to start that business. There's not a read. There's not a coincidence in you. So anyway, so we're at this at this conference. Four thousand people there. My wife ends up sitting right next to this lady in whom she became to get buddies. Now, I don't know what it is about women's conferences, but whenever you have women's conferences, like, oh, my God, that's my auntie. Oh, my God, that's my cousin. Like, you just met her. Like, like, oh, that's my sister. Like, I just love her. Like, you don't even know her. What's her middle name? What's her middle name? You don't even know her middle name. <laughs> so after that session, we, we're going to get something to eat. We're there for about maybe two hours. We're on our way back to our car, and my wife says, hey, that's Jackie. I said, okay, cool, that's Jackie. Let's go home. How many guys do you know what I'm talking about? Right after it's time, after it's, after we eat, it's time to go to sleep, right? We're not trying to get into no little, you know, girlfriend stories and all that stuff. So anyway, so we're going back, and she said, no, it looks like she needs a ride back to her home, and I, a ride back to her hotel. I said, nah, she don't look like she has gas money. We ain't got no gas money, so uh, no, we ain't doing that. She said, no, I really feel like the Holy Spirit <laughs> wants us to take her. And so anyway, so we end up taking her back to her hotel, right? And on the way to her hotel, she tells us this story about how God told her to move her house from Big Bear Mountain to move down the mountain to go to a church that was in uh, uh, that was in uh, Ontario or Rancho Cucamonga. And we said, oh, well, God is telling us to move to California. She said, well, do you guys know anyone? We were like, nope. She said, well, at least you guys know me. You guys can stay with me. I'm like, uh, <clears throat> lady, I didn't even want to give you a ride. Like, come on. You know, and so anyways, we exchanged numbers. About a month later, we're finally selling our house. This is right after the Great Recession. Finally our, selling our house. And I'm sitting there in my now empty media room saying, Lord, how am I going to get to California? This is your plan for life. I have no idea how I'm going to get there. And he says, here I was opening up a door for you but you're too prideful to take it. See, when God reveals his plan for your life, many times pride sets in because I don't want to do that, God. I don't want to forgive that person. I don't want to let go of that addiction. I want to stay where I'm at because it's comfortable for me. And so I almost missed out on that thing. And so I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, call the lady. So I called the lady and she said, yes, listen, the offer is still open. She said, even though we met last month, the offer's still open. My, she said, listen, this is, what, this is what I need you to understand. That I know what it's like to obey God and nobody supports you. I just want to support you. Just come out here. Get your feet on the ground and let's see what God will do. Can I tell you that when you give a free fall into the plan of God for your life, that God will set up, orchestra, he will orchestrate favor he will orchestrate people. He will orchestrate things on your pathway so that you can walk into his plan for your life. And so we made the step. We got on a plane and we ended up going to New York for a little while to visit her, her wife's family a little bit, my wife's family a little bit. And um, while we were there, I'm still looking for a job in California, saying, God, how am I going to get to California? How am I going to get to California? I'm on the other side of the nation. I have no money, have no connections. How am I going to get to California? And so I begin to get this idea. Let me call one of my friends. Let me just text him. I know that he's in, in, on the East Coast sometimes, so let me text him. So I text my friend. I'm texting him, and he says, hey, listen, I'm not going to be on the East Coast this summer, but let me ask you this. Do you know anybody that's looking to be a youth pastor in California? And I was like, no, I'm not going to be no youth pastor. I'm a senior pastor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got a new, a new swag on my life. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm going to be a senior pastor and a multimillionaire, you know. And he was just like, well, let, let me ask you this. He said, do you know, if you know anyone, just let me know. He said, because I have a friend that's filling a position. I said, okay, cool. What industry? He said, it's a church. I said, okay. I said, what church? He said, Abundant Living Family Church. I said, wait a minute. This is that same church that this lady told me about months ago. Proverbs 16, verse 33 in your Bible says, even the things that seem accidental are really orchestrated by the Lord. See, God will orchestrate things in your pathway so that you can follow his plan for your life. He never promised that it will be easy, but he promised that he will be with you on the on the pathway. He didn't promise that it was going to be great. He didn't promise that it was going to be smooth sailing. He promised that he would be with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And so we made our trek out here July 11th, 2011. We got on the plane with a suitcase, a stroller, a car seat, and my wife's flip-flops, and that was it. Since then, I started off as a youth pastor. A year later, the pastor asked me to be the director of business development and operations in which I began to mentor and train entrepreneurs and leaders and business owners. Then he asked me to do something else. Would you come and oversee our building project? Kind of like the ARC project that you guys, can you raise at that particular time, it was $16 million. Um, <laughs> I can't even raise $20 for my own, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I tried to raise $20 for lunch one time, got aunt, aunt wrong. You want me to raise $16 million? We began to change a little bit of that process. We, we, we raised $5 million and built a brand new building debt-free. No, no, no. Since then, we've had our own TV show. Since then, I've wrote, wrote in a, written a book. Since then, we have mentored and trained entrepreneurs and leaders. Since then, we have uh, basically moved out of the Motel 6 that we were staying in, and actually we actually have a house right now. No, no, since then... We have started a church. Since then, God has allowed us to go to different places. Since then, I'm actually right now with a book deal right now. Since then, why do I tell you that? It's because you never know what is wrapped up in your yes. You never know whose life will be changed as a result of your yes to God's plan for your life. You never know whose life will be impacted. You never know what what industries, what what people, what organizations will be developed. You never know what can be done until you say yes to God's plan for your life. So God has a purpose. He has a plan and he has a place. I'm going to end it right here because God has a place specifically designed for you to operate. See, destiny is not a position. It is a place. It's a place that you operate in your full call. You operate in your kingdom calling. You operate in the purpose that he designed you for. And when you find that place, all cylinders of your life begin to turn and they begin to go and they begin to grow and your creativity soars to the next level. But you have to be positioned right in the place that he wants you to. Genesis chapter 12. God tells Abraham, get from out of here. Get out of here from around these people that are thinking so low. Get around, get from around these people that have stopped in my purpose in their lives. See, because guess what? His, 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 his father, he was supposed to go to Canaan, but yet he stopped. 
There's some of you right here that maybe your dad was supposed to do something, but he stopped. But you're going to continue to go. You're going to go further. You're going to go higher. Maybe some there's some things that have stopped in your family. Maybe you had a, a, a momentum of uh, financial increase. Maybe you had a momentum of creative genius. Maybe you had a business in your family and those things have just went away. Well, guess what? God is saying, when you submit to my plan for your life, I am going to make all things new and it's going to be fulfilled in you. She said, get out of this place because there's a place that I have for you that is going to produce all the greatness, all the promises that I have for your life. So God reveals our purpose. He reveals his plan for our lives. And then he takes us to a place in which we operate in in our unique call. See, that place may not be behind this pulpit, but God will still use you in your business. It may not be to have a church, but it may be to have some type of thing in your organization, in your, in your neighborhood that is going to bless the lives of the next Billy Graham. You may have a word for somebody in, in Walmart that could change the trajectory of somebody say, whoop, whoop, Walmart. <laughs> that will change the trajectory of their lives. You may have a neighbor that has been absolutely irritating the junk out of you by throwing beer cans over your, oh, that's just us, sorry. <clears throat> But you may have a word for them. They may see something different in your life. All because you followed the purpose. You followed God's plan and in your rightful place in him. See, sometimes it's a physical place, but sometimes it's a soulish place. It's a spiritual place where you begin to get in this place with God, where you are connected with him on all levels, where your mind is sharpening, where your spirit is laser focused, Where your heart and your mind are operating in a place in which God originally intended you to operate. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet at this particular time. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.